and welcome to the Black and White Podcast, where we seek to filter the gray world around us through God's Word with radical grace, raw truth, and real hope. I'm Denise Pass, and I'm a very special guest with me today, the author of Be Bold, Find Your Fierce, Rachel Billups. Welcome to the show, Rachel. Well, thank you, Denise. I'm delighted to be with you. Rachel, I have to tell you that I started reading your book on the treadmill and was just so caught by your message that I did not want to stop running. And so I got a great workout in. (laughs) That is awesome. I love that. Yeah, but seriously, while that is true, I'm so grateful you have the time to come and share about this critical message in your book. This month on the Black and White Podcast, we've been talking about having an impact on this world for Christ. Everyone can do something. And yet the enemy of our souls often keeps us bound in self-defeat or the criticism of others, preventing us from making the impact we were made to have. This is where I think your book is so needed to equip and encourage us to boldly live out our faith and life. The scripture for this episode is taken from Esther 4.14. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows, but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. This is one of my favorite verses. And as I read your book, I just kept thinking about how we can miss our calling, our very specific calling from God, because we get caught up in civilian affairs or limiting prophecies. For such a time as this, this very time that we live in, God has a unique calling on all of our lives. And we walk in this calling, not by chance, but by grace and a fight for fears, as you discuss in your book. Rachel, can you unpack for us what what you mean by finding your fears? Absolutely. You know, I think so often, the only way that I can really talk about finding fears is talking about what really limits us every single day of our lives. And I think that's fear. Uh, we, uh, we're afraid of a lot of things. Uh, I mean, God talks about fear in the Bible over and over and over and over again, and promises us in second Timothy one seven, that God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power of love and a sound mind or self-discipline as some translations, uh, translate that scripture. And so I'm always reminded that, um, in order to, to really find my fears, I've got to overcome those daily fears, Um, to really uh, recognize that that's what's holding me back. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, work through them. Not that all fear is bad, but that fear can hold us back from what God's really calling us to do. Beautiful. There is a tenacity doing fears, isn't there? I call it having grit. My husband once told me I had grit when I was hospitalized for nine days. It was a moment where I made a decision that I was not going to die in that hospital bed. I was going to get up and fight. It is that moment when we recognize that nothing in this world has what we need. We just need Christ. Psalm 73, 25 and 26 says it well. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Christ is our strength. Christ is our portion. But sometimes accessing this strength is so very hard. Rachel, how do people find the strength to find their fears and get this grit they need to persevere? You know, I think a lot of times as uh, people who are followers of Jesus, uh, we think that God's just going to like 
land us with an extra chromosome of faith, right? Like it's just going to fall out of the sky and suddenly we're going to be these extra faithful people. We have these illusions that even people in the Bible, you know, maybe we learned the story as a kid. And so everything seems like butterflies, flies, rainbows, and sweet parades in the Bible. <laughs> but when we like study the word, we recognize like, oh, those human beings, those men and women were just like us. Uh, they had fears. They had excuses. Uh, they didn't want to do what God wanted them to do. And yet, um, even in the middle of all that humanness, because of their reliance on God, because of their reliance on the spirit, because of God moving in their lives, they were able to do uh, what God was calling them to do. And I think for us on this side of the Bible, um, it's really about listening to God's word, reading God's word, reflecting on God's word that really helps us find uh, the fierce within. Um, so often I think folks think that reading the Bible is a good idea. Like, oh, I know I should do that sometime. And we get out our Bibles and like, maybe we read the Bible for an hour one day and that feels great. And then three days later, we think to ourselves, oh yeah, I got to get that Bible out again. <laughs> or, and we end up reading the Bible like once a month or once every, but I really encourage people a little bit goes a long way. It's that daily discipline. You know, God has given it to us, that spirit of discipline, that daily discipline that really helps us um, be fueled by the word and really helps us recognize like, oh my goodness, those ordinary men and women in scripture, they are not just like me. They are me. And God wants to use me in a powerful way so that I can be fueled by my fears, by the power of the Holy Spirit to do incredible things for God. Wow. You know, and I think the Bible reading plan, you know, that I've used for years, it's just, it's like a place of refuge. You know, I come to it and I just bask in his presence and we often negate something that's right there because we just don't come to it. Like you said, you know, it's got to be a daily thing. So I want to talk about limiting prophecies because I think so many of us can relate to being labeled or told that we could not do something. It can be so very discouraging. You discuss in your book about the limiting prophecies spoken and assumed over David in his own family. And yet he had a confidence in himself and his God-given self-identity, as you put it. The limitation prophecies became the fuel for David's fire. I think some listening today feel so defeated that they are not fueled by the discouragement of others. What would you say to them about how they can turn around those limiting prophecies and view themselves as God does? How do they do that? You know, Denise, I assume that you experience a lot of folks like I do who are in some form of ministry and whether that's in pastoral ministry or lay ministry or, you know, parachurch ministry, all forms of ministry. And there, a lot of times I feel, I experience people being defeated feeling so limited, uh, feeling weighed down, feeling, and a lot of that comes from listening to outside voices, um, whether it's a pastor whose uh, congregation doesn't like their sermons, or whether it's a person who doesn't feel like they're getting any traction in the community, whatever it might be, I, for whatever reason, I experience a lot of defeated humans. And so I think one of the important pieces uh, for folks to recognize is we don't get our identity from everybody from the outside. Oh, sweet Jesus. If we did, we'd be in trouble. Amen. You know, it doesn't come from the amount of likes on Facebook. And I feel like, I mean, I love social media. I'm so thankful for it because the reach of ministry that we have because of social media is incredible. But sometimes we can look at Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and all these things to fuel 
um, our identity and our identity comes from Christ and Christ alone. That's what you see in King David. Um, here's this boy, the shepherd boy, and he is so fierce, not because of what he does, but because of who he knows he is. He is a beloved child of the living God. And you see it over and over and over again in David's life. And when David, although not perfect, forgets his identity, he gets himself in real trouble. So I think, um, I think that's so important for us to recognize, like, you know, beyond anything, I'm a beloved child of the living God. Nothing that anyone else says or does can really fuel my fears. It's got to be God and God alone. Amen. So well said. You know, I think a lot of times people get defeated by the obstacles, but really those things can work humility in us and dependence upon God, you know, instead of being the thing that defeats us. But it, it is, it's one of those challenges that we all face. I think there's a self-awareness that is needed to see the anointing God has placed on us. As you put it, finding your fears is about you seeing your anointing and living into it. As a songwriter, I had often felt judged, even in the body of Christ, that it might be self-promotion to write songs and share them. This hurt so much, but God did use that resistance and jealousy for me to examine myself and to dig deeper to His calling and purpose for me. The same thing with writing my books. It is the prophet is without honors, hometown type deal. Ultimately, a common thread in the resistance we feel is a fear of man and caring too much what others think about us. But living into our anointing has many challenges which we can let discourage us or grow us. Can you share one of the most significant things you had to overcome to live into the anointing and calling on God for your life? Oh, absolutely. So I have this phrase that I use, I love to be loved. And the truth is, um, I do. I love to be loved. Um, And that can be um, incredible. It makes me a people person. I like to relate to the people around me. And at the same time, it can really uh, hinder what God wants to do in me because I'm looking for that approval from everyone around me. Um, and I, I go again to, um, you've got to understand who you are in Christ. Um, if you don't, uh, I think so often we are looking to others to fuel our fears. We're looking to others to affirm us. And some of that in the body of Christ is good and warranted. But I also believe that if that's the only thing we're relying on, if we're only relying on the opinions of others, we're going to be swayed in ways that are actually going to keep us from that full calling that God has for us. And it's going to keep us in a state of doubt and a state of fear Um, because, oh my gosh, this person said this about me or this person said this about me. They must be right. No, 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 child. You're a beloved child of the living God. God's called you for such a time as this to do this incredible work. Stop allowing these people to fuel your excuses and get on with it, right? Amen. Well, I really want people to be able to apprehend this finding of their fears because I believe your book could change their lives. You know, some people listening today are doubting their calling, are doubting that God has a purpose for them. And I want them to hear that they have a unique calling, all their own. And as I was reading your book, I was asking myself what fears looks like in my life. Reliance on God passion, love of God, Holy Spirit empowerment, salvation, courage, surrender. These are some of the words that came to mind. What main word do you think of with finding your fears that you need to run to in order to stay in that radical place of being bold for Jesus? I think my word is trust. Um, I've got to trust 
that God, I got to trust in God and I got to trust in God's ability in me. I think trusting in God sometimes is the easy part. Um, trusting that God works in me is the hard part, right? <laughs> I think we, we can read the scriptures. We can look at those stories in the Bible and we think, oh, that's great for David or Deborah or Esther or anyone else. Uh, but God doesn't want to use me. No, trust that God has chosen you, that God has equipped you, that God has, wants to use you. You are exactly where you need to be. The other thing that I think um, keeps us from trusting God is this uh, kind of the spiritual, um, uh, what I would call discontentment. Um, so often folks are lo- looking for that next big God thing. You know, like, oh, I've got to get to that next thing. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do this. The reality is you are right now in your next big God thing. Uh, What you're doing is exactly what God has called you to do. And if you would just be faithful and little, if you would blow that what's in your hands out of the water, you would be amazed at how quickly God opens new doors of possibilities for you. Um, But God is not going to trust you with a whole lot if God's not able to trust you with a little bit either. Yes, so true. And, you know, I think one thing we were talking about earlier is just this this thought of wanting someone else's portion too, or, hey, I, if you're doing that, I can't do that. And, you know, God just makes a bigger pie. He makes space for everybody that he's called and he's going to equip us. And I just if we could have that mindset, it, it's a, a growth mindset. You know, look, when God has called us, he's going to equip us and he has a place for each one of us. You know, uh, my word for the year last year, I guess, finding my fears last year, before your book was written, but it wasn't called Fierce then, (laughs) was authority, which really helped me overcome timidity and rise to the calling he had for me. Each time I would feel fearful or inadequate, I would reflect on this word and the truth that God was calling me by his authority. It wasn't dependent upon me. As I stepped into the waters, he parted them. He moved them. He enabled me. So often today we hear about people getting through, getting enough of their own strength or willpower to find their version of fierce. I see being fierce as less of me and more of God, radically stepping out of my comfort zone and letting God work through me. Can you talk to that for a minute? Because there's such an emphasis on us being enough and we just aren't. This is not a limiting prophecy here. It's a reality. Anything good in us is Christ. You know, I think um, so often, um, a lot of times when we're looking at trying to do something big, uh, we're trying to do it in our own power. Mm. Um, And uh, I think that's why so often folks fail. Like, oh, I can't do that when they're thinking about the next thing that God's calling them to do. But it's when we step out in faith and we do that next big thing. I mean, I I have a thousand examples in my book, you know, um, just about a year ago. uh, Well, it's been over a year ago. I found myself speaking at a youth conference. And let me tell you, I'm not a youth pastor. I like, I commend all youth pastors, but I thought to myself, why am I even here? Like, this is not my expertise. And I happened to be talking to 10,000 of them. So there was a lot of fear and trembling. That's the biggest uh, group of people I've ever spoken to. And um, when I was preparing the same old lies that Satan tries to tell me came up again. What are you doing? Who do you think you are? This is way beyond your pay grade. Um, You just might as well stay at home. And so I began to rely on scripture 
and rely on God and said, God, for some reason, you've asked me to do this. I don't understand it. I'm scared out of my mind, Um, but I'm going to trust that you're going to, when the time is right, you are going to give me exactly what I need. And so I remember stepping up on the platform for the first time. I was preaching eight times in the weekend. And, you know, sometimes your body is literally trembling, you know, when you're getting up to do something you just don't feel like you're equipped to do or ready to do. But as soon as the first words toppled out of my mouth, the Holy Spirit took over, God took over. And so it was just that, that step of obedience, getting on the platform, just get up there um, and trusting that God's going to show up and work in and through you. um, I think is half the battle. The truth of the matter is, um, on paper, I wasn't ready to do that, but that's not what God asked. (laughs) (laughs) And then, um, God would do the rest. And, uh, and that one act of obedience, frankly, turned into the sermon that I preached, uh, the very next weekend at church, which turned into my book. Um, and I really believe that one act of obedience opened the doors for God to do even more in me above what I could ever ask or imagine. Uh, scripture reminds us. Um, yeah. So it takes, you know, it's not just about us. It's about trusting in the power of the Holy spirit in our everyday lives. Yes. That is what's key. You know, every time I speak, lead worship, anything it's Lord, you work through me, you know, and it is so hard, but really we just have to show up and get over ourselves. Right. <laughs> Say, I'm here. Let me get in your word, God. Flow through me. You know, use me. One key thing you mentioned already is fear that prevents people from boldly living their lives in the freedom Christ has given. And I think whatever the obstacle to people finding their fears, ultimately, it is a mindset that needs to be overcome with God's truth. I'm writing a book now on mindsets, and I've just seen this over and over again, the importance of mind renewal, saturating our mind in God's Word, and adopting the mind of Christ versus the mind of flesh, worried about the things of this world. Do you have any recommendations for what helps you to overcome a mindset fixed on any of the obstacles to fierce that we have mentioned today? You know, recently, the thing that God's really been putting in my mind, um, we live in such a divisive culture And even that culture can penetrate into the church. And um, in a world where we all want to be prophets, in a world where we'd rather be right than in a relationship, God has reminded me over and over and over again to embrace the fruits of the Spirit. Love, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, and self-control. You know, um, and I begin asking myself every day uh, before I write something, before I say something, before I tweet something, before I respond to an email, whatever that might be, before I respond to that Facebook post. God has been reminding me, Rachel, um, does it produce fruit? It, are you doing this because you want to be writers about something? Or are you doing this for what the Bible would say, the edification of the body of Christ? And if I'm not doing it to build up, um, if I'm doing it to tear down, if I'm doing it to win, um, I'm a competitive person. <laughs> if I'm doing it to win, then I need to check my motives and to realign myself with the Spirit and the Spirit's work in me and the Spirit's work in others. So I really do believe um, we've, um, but once again, we go back to needs to self-awareness. You've got to know why you're doing what you're doing. You've got to know um, how God is working in you and through you. And you've got to know um, what you're responsible for. 
Um, I think a lot of times we kind of stay um, spiritual infants, if you will, because we're like, nah, 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 nah. I just can do whatever I want. Jesus is going to forgive it anyhow. Um, when in reality, God has given us the tools. Um, we're to love the Lord, the, our God, with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. God has given us the tools to really focus in on loving God and loving others as ourselves well, if we'll just employ them. Yes. You know, life gets so busy and it is so hard. Our version of living is often putting out fires. I love how you say, isn't it so true? It's like, oh, here's the next issue. I love how you say in your book, the question is not, will you die? The question is, will you actually live? Will you live a life of fierce trust? Sometimes I think we don't live that life because we don't even recognize that we are living in a box, limited. We are lulled into an existence that keeps us bound. Do you have any advice or questions for people to consider asking themselves to see if they are living the fierce life? Oh, you know, I think um, you, you, really, you really hit on something really important to our culture um, because we live in it at a time where we're mega busy, <laughs> you know, and in mega busy lives, you're exactly right. We're just merely responding. Um, I have something that I ask myself on a regular basis. Rachel, um, are you responding out of principle, um, biblical principle, or are you responding out of emotion? Um, the truth of the matter is I'm a passionate, emotional, driven human being. And so emotion is my first response. Um, but it's not always my best. And I can find myself getting caught up in the emotion, what I call the drama of the day, when in reality, I would have so much more to my day if I was just operating out of principle. And so I think that's, that's a beauty of um, growing in your relationship with Christ. Um, you grow in love, you grow in power, you grow in self-discipline, you grow in a sound mind. And you're able to say, I don't have to just allow life to happen to me. I actually can have, um, I can have, frankly, control over how I live. Um, God has given me the ability to, um, through the power of the Holy Spirit, to live a very marked and disciplined life. Um, down to how I respond to what's happening mm. to me through me every day. Yes. You know, a lot of times in, in leadership, people will question or attack. And the thing that the Lord gave me one time, when I was dismayed over the latest drama, <laughs> someone <laughs> angry or whatever, uh, was, Denise, is it biblical? Is their concern biblical? If not, let it go and pray for them. You know, think about why they're attacking in that way. There must be a hurt there, a brokenness. Think about them, not yourself, which was hard and not an automatic thing because, you know, what I'll do when you see someone approach you and you can tell, uh-oh, <laughs> I think there's going to be another fire, is to right away start praying, God, please let me respond in a way that honors you. Please let me be humble and gracious. I don't know what they're about to say, but I can tell <laughs> it might be a doozy. <laughs> and so uh, I just totally agree with what you're saying there. So if you could leave one thing with our listeners today about finding their fears, what would it be? I would say this, you know, every single one of us have a story worth telling. Um, we have everything, 
God has given us everything we need already in our lives and in our hands. And even if you feel like your life is a hot, holy mess right now, uh, I just wonder if you could take um, just a little time to reflect on the gifts that God has given you, the good, the bad, and the in-between, and start aligning them in such a way that they do fuel you into your future. Um, The other piece that I just want to say, I can't wait to hear you read um, my book and, um, and, and hear how it's helping you. Already, I've had people reach out to me. Um, the book just launched a couple of weeks ago and talked about how, um, although I believe firmly I wrote this book for me, it's not for anybody else, it's for me in some ways. I also recognize that God's going to use this book to help other people because it speaks to right where we are. So I'd love to hear from you and how you're finding your fears. Yes, and if you leave a comment, we would like to enter you to receive a free copy of her book. And in addition to that, Rachel, where can they reach you? What's the best place for them to reach you on the web? You know, um, I'm pretty active in Facebook, Rachel uh, Billups. Um, that's the base, best place to find me. I also have a personal Facebook page, Rachel Fast Billups, but it's pretty full now. So I really <laughs> turn people in that direction. I'm also on um, Instagram and Twitter, um, although I won't say that I'm there as frequently as I am on Facebook. And certainly, if you want to check out any of my sermons, uh, you can find all of those at ginghamsburg.org. Uh, so awesome. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. The raw truth is that fear is not the absence of fierce. Rather, fierce puts our natural fear in its rightful place. The radical grace is as we trust forward, God's grace will meet us in that vulnerable place. And the real hope is even when we don't feel strong or fierce, God is our strength. You've been listening to the Black and White Podcast where we filter life through the Bible and live life in the freedom of truth. (laughs) 